We did it. We hit 100k. Now, the only problem is, we did it a little bit quicker than I thought we were going to, and so the going daily can't start right now. Because we're just not ready, but we're coming. We're coming at you next week with more from the rise and fall of Mars Hill. We're coming out with you from reactions that were requested from the audience. It will be ready, but I couldn't leave you guys hanging. And fortunately, we have maybe hours of clips that we've cut from the show that I think would make good content. And so today, I'm going to share with you one such clip. It's from the extra portion of us kind of chewing on Second Peter even more than we did in our episode. And as you know, we want to focus on the virtues, the godliness, the self-control he talked about that comes to us as participating in God and keeps us having a fruitful Christian life. So, wow, next week we're going daily. We're going to have a good time. Enjoy this. And if you don't enjoy it, then just be thankful you're not in a small group with us on Restless. I was just thinking as you were talking, I was like, oh, maybe there's some bonus in here. But yeah, it means pay, like, so it's like, it'd be like if we were going to lunch and I'd say, like, you gotta, you will pay, you pay for yourself. Huh. Like, you supply your own lunch. Yeah, you supplement, you, uh, interesting. And so it's, you know. Wow, that's really (laughs) strong. Yeah, that's strong. So it's interesting to me that uh, Peter says that Paul has things that are difficult for us to understand. At the end of this letter. But at the end of this letter. Yeah. But I feel like in modern times... Actually, what is more difficult for most of us to understand is what Peter says. Oh, most. Do you think that's because, like, a lot of what he's using, like, with, like, the various classical definitions of these things, you know, like virtue. So, like, the, the audience is going to understand, yep, this is something that some uh, attain to, not all others. So it just, it comes across, like, much more obvious to them, maybe. Or, like, so they are steeped in certain things that we are not. So, like, when he talks about, you know, uh, those, those, uh, uh, angelic beings that are kept in Tartarus or things like that where it's yes. like today it's like what in the world are you talking about this is just things that everybody's steeped in and like understands and is like oh yeah well obviously whereas when Paul comes and he's talking about things he's he seems to me anyway just off the top of my head to not be like he approaches things much more simply from like here is the Old Testament here's what it means for us uh, Peter seems to be kind of extrapolating these things. Not that he doesn't use the Old Testament, but he seems to extrapolate them in the like Greek world in a right. way that maybe Paul doesn't. Which is you know just interesting because obviously you know Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles, right. whereas you know I don't I don't know what to make yeah, of all this. I don't either. I I do think I think the most interesting thing is that Peter and James are basically in their letters saying that. Paul is hard to understand, right? Why is James having this discussion about faith? It sounds like he heard someone explain Paul's teaching incorrectly. And so he's like, let me explain. Yeah, let me me make this better. Like, you're, you're not quite right. Let me explain better. Yes. Yeah. And Peter, like, Right, forefrontly, not like I'm really explaining (laughs) something. He says, Paul's hard to understand. (laughs) And hand, like hand, even Romans... Or first and second Peter and James to someone say, what of these is going to be harder for you to understand? And we're going to be like, well, so baptism is Noah's Ark and the, the, the things that were chained in dungeons and what's the divine nature and what, am, you know, 
why is he sound why does he call lot a righteous man and why does he you know right like, everything peter says you, you know or james it's like james spent a chapter describing a boat and my tongue yeah you know like <laughs> right also does he believe in justification by faith alone right like <laughs> yeah i i you're totally right that it's it's, it's just interesting to me that that's so from the biblical in the biblical author's day it seemed like obvious to them that people were going to misunderstand Paul seemingly more than them uh, when it comes to Peter or James right whereas today I do think it's actually the opposite I think that I think that maybe I don't know why this would be is this because we are more steeped in like a Western tradition now uh, which was heavily influenced like by Augustine's reading of Paul particularly in like is, is that some of it? Or is it... Yeah, I don't and know. And I think part of it is, again, even this section, why why is it hard to understand what he means by virtue, self-control, knowledge, godliness? Because, and this, this is the, like, in one way, the argument for a classical education. Because if... Right, I'm trying to think of, like, a, a way we would describe someone that would be, like apparent to everyone what we meant about them or i mean we could use a, like a really stupid example a really based person like if you were to describe someone that way at least certain r- little righty per- portions of the internet would know like okay i know what you I know mean. exactly what you're talking about even though i maybe don't have like an exact definition right, right. So you, you maybe don't have an exact definition but you know yes. what we're talking about right i mean it's to the point that someone yesterday on twitter posted and i laughed but it said simul uh based uh et cringe like they were taking the like and it was just like that's so dumb but then again you like you again you know what it means yeah that too cringe yeah uh woke right these types yeah exactly like woke that's a perfect example like we all like to the point that like if you were asked me to define it in a paragraph i probably could write a paragraph about what it meant but it carries a. It's obviously carrying a lot of fright in the sentence. Yes, right. So it it carries a lot of like cultural weight and like cultural contextual understanding yes. within the culture uh, that maybe we no longer share. And so when Peter is using these terms, it's far more difficult to kind of grasp what exactly he's trying to get at. And Paul. And so, and then it, then the question again. I think it would be a very interesting thing to say to try and like figure out. What can't they get their heads around with Paul? And why can they get their heads around the things we can't get our heads around in Peter and James? Yeah. Right? Like, that is actually a real... Like, if I were to ever be, like, really ascribing high into interesting, more academic pursuits, that would be a very interesting idea. Yeah. I Seriously, if... I wonder if anybody's actually... I hope that somebody has, but I yeah. wonder if anybody's actually like dealt with it from this angle. Because right. I've never read or heard anybody talk about it through what we're discussing right now. I know. I've never, until, I haven't thought about it, except until this moment right. when we were reading this. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, Peter says Paul's difficult to understand, but Peter seems far more difficult to me to understand. Yes. It's so interesting. and So much so that like, you know, what is the go-to, like when exactly. you're going to preach a book, Romans. Right. It's a go-to. Like, you're, gonna go, I take you're a, going to a, preach I'll Paul. take a new believer through Ephesians. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, you go You go to Paul's let's, epistles. Let's wait a few years before we do James. Like, when they need to hear, they need to do stuff. Right? Because that's like our understanding of his theology. Yep. You got you got to do stuff. <laughs> and, and then people, and it's, I mean, again, it might be just the antinomies. And people are like, 
So this guy really seems to say, like, I have to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't make sense to me. Wow. Whereas perhaps in their day, the idea of, like, living rightly before God, I, I don't even, I don't want to speculate, like, what that mindset made, what they were saying, apparently more apparent. Yeah. And what made Paul's, right? Because the really fun answer would be when Paul says God justifies the ungodly. Right, like that would be the really fun answer, right? Like that would be the like nobody can get their heads around every time Paul says, yeah. But I don't well, know. It's if that's clear, the case. like it's yeah. clear, like so. I'm preaching through Romans right now, and like it's clear that one of the kind of common critiques of what Paul is saying when he extrapolates on the gospel is that like you're saying that people can do whatever they want. Like he he is clearly accused of a kind of antinomianism, like. That's what Paul means in what he's saying, that you can just you can just ignore doing what is right. Which obviously Paul goes into detail at times about how that's not what he's saying. And that's why like that's why we know he's being accused of these things. He knows that people are gonna hear what he says and assume that what he means is I can just sin all that I want. Right. And so yeah, I don't know uh where I was going with that exactly, except that, you know, if if James or a book like this is much more like obvious in a sense, to somebody in the first century context, maybe part of it is that kind of division as we're, as yeah. we're thinking about yeah. it. And, and, I, and I, was, I was not excited about my, the long lecture that I had to listen to of the, does, do James and Paul disagree? I know you have to do it because <laughs> you're a seminary class, but like, I, I feel like Heard that is something times, like, right? yeah, I feel like that should be like a Sunday school level thing. Yeah. Like, well, and even just like if you're approaching the Bible as yes. a believing Protestant, right. exactly. like you have no problem just saying, well, okay, they don't disagree. Yeah. So now it, what? how do I synthesize these things? That's, it feels so remedial and it feels like we're talking that you should have some kind of an idea. But the one thing in it I really liked that Kruger talked about is that actually how you should understand Paul and James is they're fighting back to back to defend justification by faith. So Paul is obviously fighting, if you add anything to this, you lose it. If you add anything to this, you lose it. And James is fighting back to back with him saying, so James, a lot of people are coming and saying they believe and do not show any evidence of belief. What do we do now? Right? And so he's defending this faith. You know, it really does justify and it is evidenced yeah right and so he's defending it that was the one thing that he said that i thought was really helpful that james isn't necessarily even correcting paul or correcting a super big misunderstanding of paul but he's defending just he's looking the other way he's looking the yeah. other way to defend yeah. the same truth and it if you believe that james is written at a point where he could have heard paul's teaching but he does not he does not seem to have met paul because, right, it's always interesting when they, and again, that's that to me is a little more speculative. Because, like, you would have expected him to mention him or something. Yeah. But that's always... I more. actually, I thought the opposite, actually. If James is trying to, like, especially because there's obviously this division between uh, those who follow James and mm -hmm. Paul. Um, at least follow James on certain points. At least at some point during Paul's ministry. And so the fact that, like, their disciples are kind of getting into it, in a sense. Or right. at least James's disciples are kind of getting into it with Paul. 
that that has made me actually think that James may be in a situation where like he's not going to mention Paul because he doesn't want that. Right. You know, uh, like no. he, he would he would stay out of that because he he's like, no, this isn't a problem with Paul. It's a problem with these right. other things. So that would actually like that's how I would think of it anyway. I've never actually like dealt, dwelt long longly on this or like looked into no. it in and, depth. But that's another really interesting angle to that whole discussion that. So what you're saying is the disciples of two sound teachers can come knives out at each other. Yeah, well, even, I mean, you see the division with, yeah, like, you yeah, know, totally. Paul, Paul and uh, and Mark on, yep. you know, on on the missionary journeys. And, like, there. so there's clearly, the, there are ways in which uh, you see these divisions even early on within the church yeah. that are not necessarily, they're not necessarily, like, Christian and non-Christian. Right. They're like within the church, we have serious disagreements and misunderstandings about how to deal with this. So if you're if your favorite uh, sound teacher, and there's people with another favorite sound teacher, and you're going after knives out, it's happened before, but eventually they're both going to correct you <laughs> together, basically. <laughs> right. So, yeah. all right, well, let's get into this. This was yes. great. And I'm glad we hey, started recording. It could be great. It could be great bonus. And if this does make it into a bonus or into the episode. If you are getting a PhD or you want to and you don't know what to look into, hey, if nobody else has done this, seriously, look into why is it? Maybe I'm wrong, but like it seems to me that modern people write a book. I will read this book. And if you know of a book, send it my way. I've never looked into this, but why is it that Peter seems far more difficult to understand for us in the modern day than Paul? Mm -hmm. And and even give us, here are all the context things they had about Peter. That were so that made it so like oh he's the obvious guy yep. that'd be nice right I'd like him to be obvious to me <laughs> right so even if it makes Paul harder for me to read sometimes <laughs> Restless has gone way farther than we ever thought and we are still having a good time doing it actually we had a friend the happy Presbyterian recommend us on his show and because with how I'm having to record this my mic quality is pretty bad. I'm going to let him take us out with what he said on his episode, because I love it. And I think if you are looking for some straight, encouraging content from a Presbyterian who is just excited about the gospel, you'll love his stuff. And you should follow him on Twitter if you want a good night from a happy Presbyterian. All right, later. So... I do have another podcast recommendation, though, the Restless Podcast. I just started listening to about a month ago, month and a half ago. It's a pretty cool podcast. They, uh, two gentlemen that talk about the, what is it, YRR movement, Young, Restless, and Reformed, which me, myself, I was in it a little bit, I guess, but towards the tail end when I got saved. I was saved in 2012. I came to the Lord. So a lot of the stuff they talk about I am familiar with, like, Mark Driscoll, so they kind of analyze some of the rise and fall of, of Mark Driscoll podcast, which I don't know if you've listened to that one either, but they talk about it from their perspective uh, because they kind of came up that way as well through the Young Restless and Reformed movement, and I believe they're now Presbyterian, which is you know where where it all inevitably leads you. You know, if you're young, restless, reformed, you eventually go confessional, which is a good place to be. Be a happy Presbyterian like me. So check out that podcast, Young Restless, not Young Restless, just Restless podcast. 
And yeah, that's it. And also, of course, check out all the podcasts in the Christian Podcast Community, christianpodcastcommunity.org. And that's all I have for you today. So I want to encourage you one more time that if you are in Christ, you are saved. And now share that good news with others. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross, the death you and I deserve because we can never live a perfect life. And he was buried and he rose on the third day and he is risen now. He is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. We are to make disciples. We are to share the gospel and he is coming again to judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead. So until next time, I pray that you continue to seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Drive safe, Grady. Grady.